Welcome everyone to the Build with BBB podcast. Jake and I are back today. We are going to visit with Dr. Nathan Meller, who is the owner and founder, formal title, CEO of Strata Leadership. He's an author of one of my favorite leadership books called Sleeping Giants. And incidentally, he is my business coach. Nathan, we're so excited to have you here today. It is a great honor to be a part of this, and I'm looking forward to a, to a great conversation. Thank you. Well, okay, so I want to have you tell everyone a little bit about what Strata Leadership is, so your elevator pitch, if you will, and then we're just going to get right into things today. I appreciate that. Strata Leadership is a company based in Oklahoma City. We do business all across the United States and about 20 different countries. We are a group of professionals who really do care deeply about helping develop leaders. And so we've prepared ourselves to do that academically and with different experiences. But we focus mostly on training, on coaching, um, really anything that you might expect from a, a full uh, range uh, type of leadership company. And so I uh, love what I do. We started in 2009. Um, it, it's, a, it, it's a great profession if you care about people and want to help other people thrive. Absolutely. And you are a trusted business in this marketplace. We're thrilled to have you and your company be an accredited BBB business. So thanks for your partnership. Thank you. You bet. Okay. So Nathan, I don't feel like a lot of people really know the difference between business coaches. And I'm fortunate to have worked with you and the Strata team and business coaches before you. And so I've had the opportunity to see and learn the difference. So let's unpack that a little bit for our listeners. The world of coaching is one where I think it is a huge opportunity for growth, and I try to encourage people to consider that as part of their future. What you do in coaching um, is you are helping be a, a thought partner with someone else to help them consider the future. Where do they want to go? Who do they want to be? What are the things they want to accomplish? But what you'll see in coaching is that coaching is not the same as counseling. It's not the same as consulting. So when you look at counseling or therapy, that tends to focus on people's past, maybe something that has been a part of their life that's keeping them from going where they want to go. Uh, you've got consulting where someone's really trying to tell you this is what you need to do. And that would be more along the line of, of mentoring even. Coaching is you're partnering with someone else that you believe has the best answers for their life. And so in a that role of coach, you're trying to help them determine how they should proceed. What is it that they need to be doing in their life uh, according to who they want to be? It is the, right right now, the, the data is coming back, it is the fastest and most effective way to develop leaders. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the various, I don't know, what do you want to say, compartmentalizing that Strata can do. For example, I'm a part of your phase line leadership group. So while I could talk about it, I want you to shine here. So tell our listeners about the different things that you sure. all do in the way of coaching. Phase line is one of my favorite things. It's a program that we do. It's three and a half hours once a month. And we have a group coaching program and then they get to have lunch together and things like that. But group coaching is different than team coaching. In that group coaching is we're really looking at every person in the group comes with different challenges, different needs. And so it is a process for everyone in the group to have their own experience. Team coaching tends to be what you do when you've got a group of people who are focused on one thing. So they might have a product that they're launching. They might have a sales goal that they're trying to meet. And the coaching is designed to help them reach that one goal. Number of people in the group, one goal. Group coaching, a number of people in the group, 
a number of different goals, but they're shared. So in Phaseline, to me, of all the things that we do, this is the the biggest bang for your buck of um, this to me is so special because people not only get the group coaching experience of helping determine who they want to be, where they want to go, they also get a community. And that community is as valuable as anything. So they all sign non-disclosures. They have a great deal of trust. And then we're able to talk about your life. Where are you? Where you want to be? We like to use more of the mindset of the intentional change theory by Dr. Richard Boyatzis, which really focuses on who you want to be if we think about the ideal version of you. So in coaching, it's not something where you're being coached uh, really for compliance. You're being coached for compassion of who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? So you gave the technical answer. (laughs) I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit. In addition to that, what I love about Phaseline is we've all said this to each other. And while we, again, we've signed NDAs, so we can't share who's in the group or from which industry. Something I love about it is that I get to come and be coached by Nathan and a couple other of his great leaders at Strata and fellow leaders of a variety of industries. And what's really interesting is that often we'll find that well, not all at the same time, you kind of said this too, Nathan, we're all dealing with a lot of the same things. It just comes in waves differently. So it's really fantastic to be able to give each other food for thought. And it's not so much, I wouldn't say advice as much as I had a similar situation. This is what happened. This is how I I dealt with it. You might think about these things as you look to face that challenge. I love to hear your perspective on it. And it is truly one of those special groups where you're able to come in talk about where you really are. And for a lot of leaders, they don't have places where they can go and they don't have to perform. And so this is that spot where you don't have to have it all together. This is what we're up against. And to your point, the vast majority of leaders in different industries are dealing almost, um, I would say 80% of the problems are the same. And so this gives people a way to talk that out, normalize it. And for you not to think uh, what what I'm up against is just insurmountable. Confidence grows in community. You bet. We have done a lot of life together. (laughs) And such as um, for those of you that are listening and aren't sitting with Jake and Nathan and I today, I haven't seen Nathan in person in two years. So I gave him a big old bear hug and said, Coach, how are you? Because, you know, it's been an interesting two years. We all know about it. But something we talk a lot, Nathan, in Phaseline about is fatigue with leaders. And that existed long before the pandemic, but it's been exacerbated by the pandemic. And, you know, sharing again, I joined Phaseline the week or two weeks after lockdown commenced. And I was so grateful (laughs) to have found Nathan and the Strata team and the Phaseline group because it has been such a wild journey. And at that time, in the beginning of all of this, we all were dealing with so many of the same challenges. But Today, let's really focus in on the fatigue because Nathan, you and I chatted recently and it sounds as like as though each time you visit with leaders, that's the ongoing challenge and all this is mental, emotional. Fatigue means many things. So maybe we start there. Well, I appreciate you bringing this up and I really want to be an advocate for leaders who are feeling this way because they're wondering, why can't I bounce back? Well, there are some significant reasons why you're going through what you're going through. And I want to point out that leaders experience stress differently than other people, mostly because what they're up against is not the same thing every day. And so as they are having to do 
original thinking, they're really having to reach deeper and it takes up more energy to do that. And so uh, we can go into that if you'd like, but what you're going to find is that leaders have uh, been through a time where they are really being pushed to the limit. And when that stress level goes up, people go through a somewhat predictable path. So if I have peak performance and you think about peak performance, you are on top of your game. On Sunday, you are looking forward to being at work on Monday. You are rested. You are ready to go and you are in game shape. You are ready to play. That's peak performance. Now, as the stress level goes up, people begin to, to, to feel the, the stress in a pretty predictable way. So they go from being at peak performance into this level of exhaustion where they're just tired, but they can push themselves to the end of the week, get some rest on the weekend, and, and they're going to be uh, okay. And that level of exhaustion is something that uh, people understand. But if they continue pushing into that overstressed level, they move from that uh, capacity to bounce back with a weekend to then this level of exhaustion and fatigue that sits very differently. And they find that they're not just tired, they're tired deeply. And what will happen with a lot of leaders because they care deeply about the people that they're serving often is that they will push through the exhaustion. They'll push through the fatigue, almost like that's the normal thing to do because they want to make a difference. But if they keep pushing, they go into this next level. And this is what I'm seeing that I have not seen before. What they go into the next level and it's a triad, it's panic, anxiety, anger. And I know for me, when we got into the, um, when we got into the, the throes of COVID, we had to lay off about 40% of our team. We went through an incredibly challenging time. And I found myself waking up at three o'clock in the morning for, for whatever reason, for me, it was three, three o'clock in the morning with this anxiety that if you've never had an anxiety attack, it will get all of your attention when you have it. And it's in your chest. It's in, uh, you know, it's the whole thing of what is wrong. And you're trying to catch your breath. And I thought, well, that's, that's new for me. Right. And then it happened again. And I thought, what is going on here? And I started talking to other people and I found that when you're open about it, other people uh, have the permission to be open if they're ready. And what I found is that overstress puts people in that spot. For me, it came out in the form of anxiety. For other people, it comes in the form of panic. It comes in the form of anger. I was talking to a, a, a CEO the other day who has been just in a tough spot and he said, I don't know what to tell you, but I, um, I started yelling at my Garmin on my, in my car. He said, I'm embarrassed by what I said to my GPS. He said, I was so angry because it wouldn't, uh, it couldn't understand what I was saying and I was saying it right. And he just, he, he hit the, the GPS, launched it across the SUV he's driving. And he says, what is wrong with me? And I would say, you know, you're, you're feeling what people feel when they are in that hyper vigilant state for too long. Now, if you don't stop there, and then it continues on to burnout and breakdown. Now, I'm using examples that are um, not as uh, damaging. Sure. But what people do when they cope um, often is opposite of who they want to be. And what you're going to find is there are a lot of good people who are creating habit loops in their lives and challenges in their lives right now that are not consistent with who they want to be because they are managing this stress in a way that um, allows them to keep moving forward, but they are really struggling. And to people who are out there, uh, 
this this is a is a big deal and you are not alone correct so nathan for those of you that can't see us nathan as he's explaining this curve if you will the various states if you will of fatigue he's he's motioning like as if we're talking on a chart in a bell curve mm-hmm. which in our phase line group especially when we were in lockdown you were showing us a chart Tell everybody what that model is so they can go look it up and further educate themselves. Absolutely. So if you just type in Google uh, bell curve uh, over stress, you'll find different examples of this. What I'm looking for when I do something like that, like that specific bell curve or different uh, things like that I'll use, I'm not looking for a, um, a silver bullet. What I'm looking for is a language. And what you'll find is that when you are able to identify this is where I really am, then we can start from there. And so um, that need for thinking more deeply about who you want to be becomes more challenging when there is less resource to work with. And so people are finding themselves being pushed and pushed and pushed, and they are looking at how they were managing life before, and it's just not working now. The good news is all of this is something that we can deal with. But I'll give you an example. A few years ago, my uh, wife and our kids, we went up to Colorado to a place we'd never been before. We rented a cabin we had never seen before. And, and again, all these are bad ideas. You should probably know something about where you're going. <laughs> so we went there and we got there and it was um, it was like at 9,200 feet, which was pretty high for people who don't live in places like that. And so I got there and, and we like to go to places like that from time to time. And I've never had altitude sickness. But we get there and I'm trying to carry the suitcases up the the uh, stairs and I'm thinking this like wow I can't breathe you know the whole thing and so that evening I'm still not feeling right so I go on the internet and I type in altitude sickness what to do and and it was f- like I laughed out loud because number one thing it said this it said um, number one way to deal with altitude sickness is to go to a lower altitude and I thought you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 I thought you know that's actually true sure. that the issue is the where you are is not working for you. And the only way to make it better is to not keep doing that. So when we talk about being overstressed, it is entirely counterintuitive to a lot of hard workers that for them to deal with the stress is for them to do less so they can do more. That to me is what we're seeing that's coming out of this is that we are recognizing that we're really talking about energy management in your life and that working 40, 50, 60 hours does not translate into being effective. No, absolutely not. And Nathan, just to make help you make that point a little bit, some of the conversations that we've had over the last two years, again, in our phaseline group is Nathan would often show us the, the chart, the bell curve and say, where are you? That's kind of how we would start our meetings, especially during lockdown. And it was really interesting how everyone's answer was different each month. Some months it was like, well, you know, it looks a little less bleak this week for whatever <laughs> the reasons are. And then the next month we get together and Things have really fallen off and we don't know if we're going to keep our doors open. And the thing I loved about that, so sharing with the group and encouraging you, if you don't already have someone like Nathan and the fellow leaders he has at Strata to challenge you on this, the thing I appreciated, Nathan, is that when we'd give our answers and you would say, why? And we'd unpack that and we'd share. And, you know, sometimes, especially in that time, because we were all just overstressed in so many different ways. It was more of a stream of conscious than answering the why question. And Nathan, would you would say, well, what I think I'm hearing is this. So while you think you're here on the curve, you're actually here. Mm-hmm. 
And so having someone to be able to point that out to you and go, oh, it's really a revelation, but it's so helpful because you can't always see it yourself. Tough people are horrible patients <laughs> <laughs> because they're stoic. Right. And so the pain level's nine, but they don't want to inconvenience you. So they say it's a six <laughs> when they are clearly not at a six. But uh, that kind of, uh, of push back of let's let's really look at this. And I like to do the if I if I could put truth serum in the vents and mm. you had to tell me the answer because it's it's not it's not that you're doing it wrong. This is just where you are. So now we can adjust. Right. But if we can't be honest about where we are, what happens is by the time you raise your hand to get help, you are really in a spot that makes it very difficult to recover. Sure. And so that level of transparency, that level of honesty comes back to the idea of you are the CEO of your life. And if you are not the CEO of your life, we have another issue to deal with. If you are the CEO of your life and you are purposefully not operating at peak performance, we've got an issue. If I go to the Paycom arena and I'm watching the, the, these, these unbelievably well-paid basketball players and they are not at peak performance, they just, you know, I've got a lot going on. I just can't really, I don't have time to get in shape and whatever. That, that's not okay. Right. They are positioned with an incredible group of people around them so that they can operate at the highest level possible. That's what the job is. And for me in my own life, I recognized that for me to be the leader I needed to be, that peak performance was not a luxury item. And so for me to be well-rested, for me to be on my game, for me to be these things, that was not the luxury item that I could do sometimes. If I was not in that zone, I was not doing what I needed to do for my team. And, and consequently, uh, they could be hurt by my um by my choice that way. And so looking at that, I find that a lot of leaders think it's almost like they feel guilty for being rested. Sure. Mm -hmm. And what I try to get across to them is your team is not offended by you being in game shape because they need you to be sharp enough to be a, a person who can process complex things, who doesn't have the emotional um, baggage that comes with fatigue. You can be a great person, but if you're not getting rest for two nights, you're, you're going to come in and people are going to pay the price that are around you. You get the idea. And I, and I don't say that to try to put people in a position of um, making them feel bad because where they are. I'm saying this is almost inevitable. This is where leaders find themselves. What is unusual is that they recognize where they are, get some help. And it doesn't have to always be professional help at all. Right. It is uh, being honest with themselves and uh, changing course. You bet. A great analogy that Jeremiah Shaw, president of Strata Leadership, shared in one of our phase line meetings to illustrate that point. And I wish he was here. So Nathan, you got to help me make sure I get this right, because he'll say that's not what it is. <laughs> um, he was talking about, Nathan, unpacking what you're talking about differently and said, it's as if you're driving your car at 80 miles an hour consistently for so long that you don't even realize you're driving that fast. <laughs> But it isn't sustainable for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. If we were going to go down the vehicle road, like it can't, the tires, you need Absolutely. gas at some point. And you just can't go at certain speeds for too long. Did I get that right? You, I hope you I did. Proud. And, and I think he would even include, you know, he, he would say if this was an F1 uh, you know, race and we were, the pit stop is not nearly as optional as you think. Right. 
So if I want to win the race, I have to have the fuel needed. I have to have the fresh tires. I've got to be able to do something. Now, I'm saying this because when when leaders are, are, are doing this the other way, their intent almost almost always is good. But what I'm trying to get across, and it's a tough one, what I'm trying to get across is that your effectiveness does not decline by you taking the time needed to be rested. And I'm saying it's the responsibility of the leader to do that for their team. Mm. 